So, uh, as we come to the word together, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your generosity and grace towards us. And we want to know your truth. Please, would you fill us again with your Holy Spirit, that we would hear your voice Mm -hmm. speaking to our hearts. Amen. So, uh, as we look at our readings, uh, we are in the week where a new present is likely to be inaugurated. uh, And it makes me think back uh, four years to when uh, President Trump was about to come into power. And that sense of uh, expectation among his supporters that here was the man that was going to fix everything. It was the, what was the chant? Drain the swamp, drain the swamp, drain the swamp. The idea that Trump was an outsider who wasn't invested in the way things worked uh, in Washington, D.C. And so therefore he would be able to go and clear out all the corruption and he would fix things for the people who were supporting him. Um, yes. Now, <laughs> um, throughout history, uh, there have been political movements where people have thought, this is it. If this could happen, then we will be free. Then everything will be as it should be. Uh, you can insert your own comment about Uh, Brexit here. Uh, I I will pass on that opportunity if you don't mind. But uh, there is a sense of uh, so frequently we put our faith in individuals and we hope that this person will be the one who will uh, send us through. If you are into sport, um, then the retirement of Wayne Rooney this week uh, might have caused a, a tear to come to an eye. Uh, I can remember numerous World Cup campaigns where uh, the focus of the newspapers was would Wayne Rooney be fit because on him our hopes rested. Uh, Before that, David Beckham. Before that, Gary Lineker. Um, Just these things go round in cycles, don't they? But it's, it's in our nature to want someone to be, to stand up and be worthy of our hopes, of our aspirations, uh, however unlikely that might seem. Now, our Revelation reading is just such a beautiful image of um, the needs of of people. In this, uh, in in John's vision, there is a scroll, and it's got writing on inside and out, and it's sealed with seven seals. And if this can be opened and read, then things can continue. And an angel, a strong angel, says, who is worthy to break the seals and read the scroll? And there is no one. No one is worthy. There is no one in heaven. There's no one on the earth. There's no one under the earth. No one can break these seals. And John weeps bitterly because of this. This is just not... He had all these hopes, all these dreams, and it can't, it won't work. No one can do this. And an angel comes and um, reaches out to him and says, um, stop weeping. Look, 
the line of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. And you have this, ah, oh, this beautiful image of Jesus stepping forward and taking hold of the scroll. And this, I mean, the writer John just runs out of images. This is the lamb who was slain. But actually, it's someone standing at the right hand of God. And he's got seven horns. He's got seven eyes. He's he is filled with the sevenfold, the perfect spirit of God, which goes out into the world. And how do you describe this person? Well, you, you run out of words for describing Jesus. And so you move to describing the reaction of the people around him, the living creatures, uh, the 24 elders. They bow down. They hold up the bowls of incense, the prayers of the saints, and they call out, you are worthy. It's just, it is overwhelming. And you can feel from John that sense of, oh, it's how do you express this? How do you convey who Jesus is, what he fulfills, what he is able to do? And with that in mind, you then, you just marvel again at the incarnation, at Jesus coming and being a man. In our gospel reading, it's just so ordinary. You have Jesus decides to go to Galilee. In chapter 1, verse 43, he finds Philip and says, come, follow me. You compare that to what we've just seen in Revelation of everyone being focused on the one who is worthy to break the scroll. Jesus is going to go to Galilee. Hey, Philip, come follow me. That's it. It's so ordinary. It's so down to earth. It's so every day. And then Philip, who is from the same town as Simon and Andrew, he runs and finds his friend Nathaniel. Uh, and he says, Nathaniel, Nathaniel, we found him. We found the one. What does he say? He says, we found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Uh, and Nathaniel's response is just like, Nazareth? Could anything good come from Nazareth? It's the most, it's not Jerusalem. Actually, it's not even Bethlehem, the town of David. It's Nazareth. It's nothing. And, you know, you have... Nathaniel's like, yeah, you found the person. I don't, you have not found the person. No one from Nazareth could be the person, the one that we're all waiting for. And I love Philip's response. He doesn't argue. He doesn't say, it could be from Nazareth. You don't. Philip literally just says, come and see. And they go and see Jesus. And as they go see Jesus, Jesus looks at Nathaniel and says, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Um, and it's just um, people, commentators read this in different ways. Uh, but there's lots of symbolism in being under the fig tree is where someone trained to be a rabbi would the rabbis would sit under the fig tree and they would they would think and they would pray and they would teach. Uh, and it suggests that Nathaniel has uh, biblical training uh, that he's learned, that he's learned scriptures. And um, 
people speculate that he has been contemplating Jacob's ladder because Jesus goes on and says, you know, I've saw you when you're under the fig tree, at which point Nathaniel is convinced, he's like, wow, if you know where I've just been, that can only mean that you are God, that you are, what's he call him? He says, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus says, is that all it takes? Is that the reason why you believe? You'll see greater things than this. You will see angels ascending and descending on the son of man, who is the stairway between heaven and earth. And Nathaniel at that point, we don't hear from Nathaniel again. Nathaniel is convinced he follows. Uh, we know from the Acts of the Apostles the tradition of the church that Philip and Nathaniel give their lives for the gospel, for the, the message of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, of forgiveness uh, from the sins in his name. Uh, that's all that is needed. And it's, I, I love it because it's so ordinary. Uh, now, I'll be honest with you, I find it, I grew up finding it difficult uh, hearing other people's testimonies of following Jesus. Uh, and that's because all the exciting ones that I read, uh, they were all from people who had very definitely not been following Jesus. And then they met Jesus, Jesus called to them, Jesus gave them a dream or a vision of him. Um, somehow Jesus reached out to them and they went, oh, and then my eyes were opened and I followed Jesus and I changed my life. My life's completely different and now I serve him with all my heart. And I had always been Christian. I had always gone to church. Um, I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was 11. Um, but I didn't realise that I was going from not being Christian to being Christian in my head. I was just understanding more of what it meant to be a Christian. Um, which then made it hard because other people had these experiences of Jesus. Um, which were amazing and wonderful and which fueled their uh, their discipleship and their passion for Jesus. And I just had my kind of very ordinary go to church, read my Bible because my mum tells me to. Um, try not to fall asleep in church because it's really dull. Life, I, I had no testimony, I had no story to share. And it struck me as I read this reading that um, for Philip and Nathaniel, there's kind of a similar um, contrast. So Philip is called by Jesus. Jesus comes to him and says, come, follow me. Nathaniel is taken to Jesus. Philip says, come and see. Philip takes uh, Nathaniel and brings him into Jesus' presence, where he then discovers who Jesus is and then he follows. Now, is there a difference in the way Jesus treats his disciples between Nathaniel and Philip? Between the one Jesus puts a hand on the shoulder of uh, and the one who is brought to Jesus by someone else? Any difference at all? No. Clearly the answer is no. Uh, but it just sets out two different ways in which people uh, encounter Jesus. Sometimes Jesus reaches out by his grace. Jesus speaks to someone, gives them a feeling inside, uh, directs them to a passage, something happens and they come to faith. Uh, there was a lovely man, there is a lovely man in Birmingham called Ray, uh, who came to the church that Ali and I were in when we first got married. And he'd been going for a daily walk. And one day he just felt 
pulled towards church. Literally felt something in him directing him to go into the building. Um, and he encountered Jesus during the worship. And I loved his testimony. And Ali say that he had Jesus eyes, that you could see in his face that he had encountered the love of God. And it was beautiful. Um, whereas for, for other people, there's no sense of God grabbing them. They've they've encountered God or they've been brought to a place where they can see or they understand. So my mum, bless her, did everything she could so that I would know Jesus. Uh, she took me to church. She bought um, Bible reading notes for me. She paid for me to go on Christian activity holidays and ventures uh, so that I'd be able to go somewhere my faith would be encouraged. And actually through her being a Philip to my Nathaniel, I encountered Jesus. But actually, the common denominator is Jesus. The way you get there is irrelevant. Uh, the difference between Philip being called by Jesus and Nathaniel being brought to Jesus, irrelevant. They meet Jesus and their lives change. And when we read the Revelation reading, you can see this is Jesus, Messiah, the Christ, the one who made heaven and earth, the Alpha and the Omega, the one uh, for whom all things exist. And when you see him in his glory, there is no option but to bow down and worship because he is beyond anything that we could know. And so the difficulty, uh, I think, for much of the church is that we don't show people Jesus. We don't enable people to encounter Jesus. They encounter the church and the, the, the church is a, a lovely group of people. But we were never going to be the same as Jesus, the Alpha, the Omega. And sometimes we think, oh, OK, well, people need to know Jesus. So therefore, we need to be whiter than white. We need to be fantastic. We need to live such good lives. People will look at us and say, wow, they're good. They are so good. Uh, I'm going to give up what I believe and believe whatever it is they believe. Um, now, I mean, there is something about our lives giving meaning to our words. But at the same time, I don't think that's how people come to faith. People come to faith when they encounter something different, they, when they encounter Jesus, when Jesus comes into their life, that is what that's what makes a difference. And so I spent years trying to argue my friends into a faith in Jesus. I, I read up on arguments about creation and evolution. I read up about the Trinity. I read up about um, when the Bible was true, how the Bible was written, uh, read up on answers to the, the questions about, um, you know, how can you believe in a loving God when there's so much suffering in the world? All these things. And we argued and argued late into the night and I got nowhere. None of my friends have any faith. <laughs> my friends from, from that time I'm thinking of. And interestingly, um, Ali, at a similar age that I'm thinking of for myself, um, a, a large number of her friends came to know Jesus. Not because Ali argued them round, 
Ali would take them uh, to concerts where um, Delirious, the then known cut, as uh, as Cutting Edge, but a Christian band were playing, uh, and it was it was worship music, and she would take them to these concerts, and um, she would worship the other Christians there would worship, and people her friends would encounter something real in that place. The Holy Spirit would would touch them and they would meet Jesus. And that changed their lives. So I think for for us this week, as we think about our faith, as we think about uh, what God has called us to be, what God has called us to do, I think we need to simplify that our mission, our role is to introduce people to Jesus. And sometimes that's praying, Jesus, would you tap that person on the shoulder and say, come follow me. And sometimes it's about having a conversation with someone who will then say, ah, oh, can anything good come from that? Can anything come out of the Church of England or whatever it is? To which the answer is come and see. Not come and see the Church of England, come and see Jesus. Show them the place where you meet Jesus. Because that's what's going to make the difference. If they can see Jesus as John saw Jesus in Revelation chapter 5. If they can encounter Jesus and have that discussion with Jesus that Nathaniel does. Where they realise that Jesus knows them and cares about them. That will change their life. Our arguments, they will only go so far. Our Jesus is far greater, far more glorious than we can ever describe. Our friends, our family, our neighbours, they need to see him for themselves. So let's pray. Let's pray for that to happen. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for God to help us uh, know how we can give that come and see invitation. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you are so glorious, you are so wonderful, that when we see you, we can only worship. And Lord, we, we confess to you um, our struggles with evangelism, our struggles with, with sharing uh, the message of who you are. Lord, we ask that you would encourage us, that you would remind us again how simple things can be. If only people can meet you for themselves. Lord, would you inspire us as to how we can say, come and see, to our family and friends who don't yet know you. And we ask that you would reveal yourself to more and more people, that we might help them understand who you are and who they are in you. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as in heaven. Amen. Thank you for listening. Uh, I pray you have a good week. Stay safe and God bless.